So welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion. We have successfully conquered the Silmarillion, though. It was a trial, but we did it. We're in for a bit of a tone shift over the next couple months. As we jump into all things The Hobbit. I want to I wanna put in an honorable mention for someone saying Majestic Thorin. He's like a Maybelline or Garnier Fruchis ad. Well, that's in the movie. That's on the book. <laughs> so, join Caitlin and Rachel. Emmy. As we take you on this unexpected journey. There and back again. <laughs> I see what you all did there. That was very clever. <laughs> hi, hi guys, welcome back. We are So You Want to Read Tolkien, and we're about to embark on chapters three and four of The Hobbit. Uh, chapter three is A Short Rest. Yes, uh, it is. I, yeah, I was about to be like, wait a second. <laughs> Did I make that up? I did not. I wasn't on my notes page. And chapter four is Overhill and Underhill. Underhill. Ah, Mr. Underhill. Okay, so uh, the characters of chapter three are pretty much exactly who you would expect. We have the usual suspects. Uh, we have Gandalf Bilbo and all of our dwarves. We also run into Elrond in this chapter, as well as some of the least Tolkien-esque elves that I have ever read. I, as a child, when I read this book, I distinctly recall them being much more dignified than they turned out to be in this chapter. Um, we also have a very brief mention of Turgon, who you may remember from our recounting of the Silmarillion. Um, but the summary of this chapter is that the dwarves finally make it to Rivendell. They take a short rest and Elrond answers a few of the questions they have about the map and the swords that they found. Rach, did you have something to say about Turgon, or were you just determined that we mention him? <laughs> uh, mostly that. I'm just... So Turgon, for those who don't remember, was the king of Gondolin, the secret, secret place. I was going to say, I don't know how they could not remember. He's the only character we've ever consistently remembered through all of our episodes. Except for the drunk one. <laughs> That's I, I probably true. Did we consist... I mean, I don't think I could... Uh, well, okay. Uh, if you want to give us that... That boost, I will take it. We definitely... I, I am just very excited that we have Elrond and Turgon both returning. And, People remember. And, I mean, right, Turgon's not like, returning. He's super dead. Well, okay. <laughs> In mention. Way to returning. rain on our party, Caitlin. That's what I'm here for. Look, it makes me feel super cool. All right. I'm I'm happy that you, I'm happy that you feel cool. I'm genuinely... That's a, I, I have problems saying things genuinely and not sounding like a sarcastic bitch, but I am genuinely happy that you feel cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that did sound sarcastic. It was. I did. I, it's just habit, I guess. I don't know. I can't say it. Anyway, it's anyone okay. out there who has listened to us, whether you've read along with the Silmarillion or not, you too can feel super cool. PSA from Rachel. And now we will embark on what actually happens in this chapter in more than one sentence. Okay, so starting off at the beginning, the weather has improved, um, but n people's spirits have not improved. 
Everybody is still kind of grumpy and doesn't want to be on their ponies anymore. And I think it's mentioned that they're all feeling the danger of the journey after their escape from the trolls. But they're continuing on and Gandalf is leading the party somewhere. They end up fording across a river, which is presumably the Bruinen, which we will see later. A very famous we're scene. We're supposed to be reading this like people who don't know what's it's coming. It's fine. It's fine. I just want it. I just liked that little connection. Is all I'm saying <laughs> that they ford a river on their way to Rivendell. Yes, that is true. But you shamed me for Turgon. That's yep. yeah. But he's not alive <laughs> and is not mentioned by name. It was your own rule, Caitlin. <laughs> it was your own rule that we pretend we didn't know what Bilbo was happening. Bilbo sees a mountain in the distance and for a brief moment <laughs> thinks their journey is over. The dwarves quickly are like, dude, no, we're not even halfway. And he is disappointed. I think it's not even a mountain. Isn't it like a foothill? It's or, like or the begin like the misty yeah, mountains like the are beginning coming. of this the misty the very, mountains. Like these are yeah. the small ones. They're not even a real mountain yet. Poor Bilbo. Yeah. So sheltered. Uh, Look, uh, you live in the middle of Illinois, Emmy. <laughs> I have seen a mountain. I'm just saying it's relatable. Um, yeah, I, I've never seen just a lone mountain. I've only ever seen, you know, mountains. It's, isn't, like, Mount St. Helens pretty lonely? Lonely? Well, I mean, like, from a geography standpoint, you shouldn't actually have a lonely mountain. Potentially, you could have a lonely volcano, but even then, they usually have a foothill or some something easing the way up to an actual mountain. What about Mount Fuji? Well, I guess that's fair, because that's pretty just basically... Lonely. So I'm looking at some pictures of Mount St. Helens now, and A, it is pretty much a volcano. I mean, it is a, it is a volcano. volcano, not pretty much. Um, but the thing with it is, it does sort of look on its own, but the surrounding sort of countryside is all kind of up and down, so it doesn't look like it's on its own. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fair. As someone who lives where there are literally no like mountains. tectonic plates, how mountains yeah. happen. Yeah, and also I think... Mount Fuji is also a volcano, so, you know, we're really rocking this. I mean, that's not really the point. I will say, maybe that's sort of like the, um... Also, I mean, Mount Fuji is officially signified as a mountain, but... Well, I I was just gonna... Maybe that's, like, the metaphor with the dragon being in the mountain. Although, Tolkien's not not shy about just putting... (laughs) Putting volcanoes where he needs them. No, it is. It's an active stratovolcano, whatever that means, but... Who knows? They call it a mountain, and that's what I'm worried about. We call everything a mountain, though. Humans can't be trusted. My my only thing about the mountains is that, obviously, if it was a volcano, the dwarves would be really stupid to attempt to mine inside this volcano with all of the lava. That would be very uncomfortable for many reasons. But again, that kind of works with the metaphor, it's because the they were kind of shamed for how greedy they were in amassing all this gold, and that's why the dragon came and burned them all out. But again, Tolkien's That's not... so deep. Yeah. Right. N- now I'm picturing the Lonely Mountain as like a, a man-made ski mountain. <laughs> uh-huh. As I'm thinking like, well, you know, pretty much all the mountains here are, are fake ones. And so yeah, it's that, just like... That's not... They built, their own, they built their own mountain and also planted secret things in it. As somebody who has been on a fake ski mountain and who currently lives literally in the mountains, they don't, they don't compare. <laughs> No, no, they very much don't, but 
Anyway, moving on with you. all this mountain talk. Sorry, <laughs> what you... were we doing something before this? <laughs> Bilbo was very wrong, and he's disappointed that he's not getting back to his hole anytime soon. Um, Gandalf leads the party into Rivendell, with, where they meet with a whole bunch of merry elves who sing songs or who sing silly songs at the party, and they just felt like the most untolkien elves. I've ever met. Like, I don't know if Tolkien felt that way, but uh, Tolkien elves, as we've come to know them, are all very dignified and uppity. These ones were mostly seemed high. Yeah, or even drunk. when they're screwing things up, they're super duper full of themselves. Yeah. These ones were just seem to be having a good time and singing <laughs> weird songs. Very I know, weird. even the, we'll get to the goblin song, even that was, like, less weird than the elf song. The, I mean, they're singing in the, like, people can understand them, so I assume they're singing in the common tongue. And what? Elves? What are we doing? And also, just before we meet them, is it Bilbo who says it smells like elves? Somebody says it smells like elves. I think it is Bilbo. Bilbo, and, yeah. At which point I went, when have you ever met an elf, Bilbo? But also, like, I would really like Bed Bath & Beyond to come out with that candle. Yeah. <laughs> I did not mean Bed Bath & Beyond. I meant the other one. Bath & Body Works? There we go. Yep. Thank you. Okay. I've totally done the same thing yeah. before. Because what, what does that smell like? I, I would like to know what else. Like bad decisions. <laughs> In this case, probably like a lot of weed. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't even need a candle for that. The city just smells that way. <laughs> um, I like to think the candle would start off as like smelling like a nice forest and then move down to like fire and brimstone at the bottom. <laughs> There's a metaphor for yeah. you. <laughs> um, so despite these elves being seemingly not quite in their right mind, they do lead the party to the proper part of Rivendell, where they are greeted by Elrond and open doors, and everybody's happy to be there, very different than the movie. They eat and sleep and have a good time for two weeks, and then, and during that time, Elrond identifies the swords as Orcrist and Glamdring. Nobody even looks at Bilbo's sword. It's fine. It's fine. It's only my favorite. It's fine, whatever. But Turgon. <laughs> yes, yes, and it is mentioned that the swords came from Gondolin and were used in the Great Goblin Wars, and Glamdring was Goblins. the sword of the king. <laughs> there you go. Um, who is presumably Turgon. It is and sort very of- very dead. Yeah, very dead. It, the way Elrond talks about it, uh, he makes it sound like the city was just sort of destroyed in these- goblin wars and that's why it's no longer and not that it's super underwater now and that whole entire piece of middle earth is gone yeah also it's all Meglin's fault well i know well they, yes. you're right he does just like gloss over that like we don't want to get into this it's too much and like his father was born there and his mother was born there somebody was born there shit i don't <laughs> i don't remember i i just it is it it is arendelle who's born there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then uh, oh, and then Elrond looks at the map, and he sees that some of the runes are moon letters, which can only be read on one night a year, and by happy coincidence, it is this very night. I love your comment here. So I know. Say it. <laughs> what? Uh, 
I ro- I've made a comment in our notes that says someone rolled a net 20 on their history check. They really did. It's all so much more coincidental in this book than I remember it being. Like, I feel like the first time I read this book, I thought all of the characters were so much smarter than I think of them now that I'm an adult. Like, they're <laughs> not smart. They just got lucky. Better to be lucky than good. Um, so the moon letters read, Stand by the gray stone when the thrush knocks and the setting sun with the last light of Durin's day will shine upon the keyhole. And then this uh, is very exciting to Thorin because he knows who Durin is, his ancestor. And everybody sort of knows that Durin's day is the dwarfish new year. But nobody, including the dwarves, seemed to know how that was like, like what exactly day that was with the current calendar and i thought that was interesting that everybody is just sort of like maybe we'll get there by durin's day but nobody knows when that will be which like given how important their history is to them was very weird well it might be sort of indicative of their culture being kind of smashed to bits not only by the dragon but with the the goblin wars in moria i think at this time Nobody's lived, Moria's been sacked already, and nobody lives there anymore, so the dwarves haven't had it, or the dwarves have had it quite rough the past couple decades. Pretty much. So, and that's pretty much the chapter, and after 14 days of rest, they leave Rivendell. Nothing much else happened. Yep. I, I wish all of my short rests were 14 days. Yeah. I mean, except the ones you actually take while playing D&D, because then actually yes. that would fuck everything up. Yeah, no. So, favorite lines or bits? Um, I did really love after the ridiculous song of the elves when they're crossing the bridge and they're like telling Thorin not to, like, don't dip your beard in the water. It's long enough without being watered. <laughs> it was so dumb. Yeah, there is some, those elves were just odd. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I have nothing against them. They were fun, but they just don't seem to match up with... They were very weird. With any of the other dwarves that we meet. I, I like the contrast between the bits of, like, the elves being so different and some of the things that are just glossed over. And then, like, the intro to Elrond, which I sort of quoted here. Mm-hmm. It's very long, but it's... The master of the house was an elf friend, one of those whose people... One of those people whose fathers came into the strange stories before the beginning of history, a.k.a. the last 20-some episodes... Uh, the wars, <laughs> the wars of the evil goblins and the elves and the first men in the north. In those days of our tale, there were still some people who had both elves and heroes of the north for ancestors, and Elrond, the master of the house, was their chief. Like that sounds like what we've been reading, and then it's like, oh, and also there's this elf needling Thorin. That's interesting though, because you could read that and think maybe Elrond's not an elf. Yes, that too. It's. Definitely implies him as like a, yeah, lesser than kind of thing. Which I guess some elves might see him as, because he is technically half elven. Mm-hmm. But he's also kind of part of the ancient stories, so not so. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, how that translates into what respect he gets from other elves. Mm-hmm. But anybody I can think of who might look down on him, we technically haven't met yet, so. I will say nothing about Thrandral. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I really liked Thorin's excitability 
in this, like he's so different than he is in the movies. When mm-hmm. when Elrond mentions Durin, he's just like Durin, Durin, that that's my ancestor. That's me, 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 me. <laughs> and he's really <laughs> excited about it. Yeah. He really wants to be important. Yeah. And I, I liked that type of, because sometimes he's all like pompous and, uh, and well, arrogant, I guess. And then sometimes he's kind of like an excited little child. Yeah. And so much less of the, the secretism. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, this is the map of my ancestor. Like, that's the secret door. It's the thing. Yeah, there was no... uh tension or i guess mm-hmm. between him and elrond he was happy to get help from the elves yeah it's casually mentioned that dwarves and elves aren't the best of friends but it's just sort of like yeah sure you're helping out thanks not the best of friends but they don't hate each other on site like the movies would have us believe mm-hmm. uh i liked all the little glimpses we got of things that were important elsewhere in the stories like like i said the the ford at Brunen. Um, the swords and gondolin and everything. They're just like fun little little Easter eggs almost. And I enjoy a good Easter egg. Mm-hmm. And I liked Gandalf getting lost and how that becomes a part of his character. Because he always just seems to be like, what's the path again? I know I've been here before. <laughs> and I just like that he's the super old dude who's been everywhere and therefore can remember nothing. Yes. It really is. When these last ones are not me. I did mine. Emmy mentioned hers. Oh, okay. We did. So I think we're done. Chapter four. Chapter four, over hill and under hill. Um, so yeah, it'll come as a surprise to you to know that in this chapter there are thirteen dwarves, a hobbit, and a wizard, once again. Uh, but we also meet the great goblin and um the ponies leave us. That's really, those are all of the characters in this chapter. Um, so the party finally leaves uh, Rivendell and they start to cross the mountain. But while they take shelter from a storm, they get captured by goblins. Uh, during the Gandalf X Machina escape, Bilbo gets separated from the pack. Um, and will he make it? No one knows. That's in a different chapter. Yep. <laughs> that was my addition to the short summary, sorry. <laughs> we'll never know. I guess the last thing is, he like, oh, blacks out and remembers nothing. Yep. And wakes up in chapter five. Uh, nope, you're, people are going to have to listen next week to hear if, they, if he makes it. <laughs> so yes, in brutal detail, uh, thanks to Elrond, and Gandalf sort of actually remembers where he's going a little bit this time. Yeah. Um, Kind of. Uh, the group takes the correct path up the mountain and not one of the ones that dead ends and leaves you dead. Uh, they also learn that mountain climbing sucks. Don't do it. It's cold and dreary and miserable. Um, also, I have an aside here, sorry. Uh, it's kind of funny, but the Hobbit narrator reminds me of Mandos in the Silmarillion. Of course he does. Because you have so many great lines. Everything reminds me of Mandos. Um, But like Bilbo hardly dared to hope that they would pass without fearful adventure over those great tall mountains. They did not. (laughs) (laughs) Just so much. Spoiler alert. No. False. What Rachel is saying is she's found the doom. I found the doom. (laughs) That's that's your new shtick. Find the doom and everything. (laughs) 
Um, just okay, wait. wait. I have a further aside. I was reading, I don't know, something about the works of Tolkien this past week. And somebody was talking about how Tolkien writes his world so that they never truly win. And the evil always comes back because this is a pre-Christ world. So humanity can never truly be saved. And I just thought... What? Yeah. From, from Tolkien's point of view as a Catholic. Right. Hmm. I thought that was an interesting thought and that maybe we should discuss it. But not now. Carry on with The Hobbit. That is very curious. Anyway, uh, with a boom and a crash, a thunderstorm appears. Uh, and also there are stone giants playing catch and they get barely mentioned in one line, which is just so very Tolkien as I, you know, I read that line about Elrond earlier and it's like, these are stone giants. And it's like, oh yeah, they're there in this storm, but whatever. It's also very Peter Jackson to take that one line and make that Mm -hmm. whole goddamn scene that was too (laughs) fucking long. I know. This whole chapter, it's like things that get dragged out. Yeah, like this is the whole Um, climax of the movie, except it's two pages. Yeah. Anyways, carry on. Yes. So they send Feely and Keely out to look for better shelter because they're youngest. As a younger sibling, that felt very real to me. Yep. Uh, And they find a cave. And uh, nothing's hiding there. Like Gandalf is super worried, but they look and there's nothing in the back. And so maybe everything will be okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It was Doom. not. <laughs> uh, so the floor opens up and everyone gets captured by goblins, except for Gandalf, who was saved by Bilbo's convenient insomnia and shout of warning. Uh, so the goblins end up singing a super fun song about like taking prisoners and stuff. And they lead our troop without Gandalf in front of the great goblin, who is not a fan of Thorin because of the wars of Moria and such and such. Uh, the group is introduced as dwarves and this, uh, cause no one knows what to do with Bilbo. And in response, Thorin is absurdly polite and introduces himself as Thorin the dwarf at your service. That was super important. Um, I did really like that bit, how Thorin <laughs> and the great goblin have this very polite exchange after the goblins have been whipping the dwarves along. Yes. They- until orcrist is seen they're very polite to each other and i actually kind of wonder what would have happened if they hadn't had that sword on them yep because they were well on their way to friends it felt like (laughs) it would have been a friendly eating Mm -hmm. instead of an unfriendly eating or something yeah um so yeah thorin does try to explain that like we're not here to steal anything or murder you just needed to stop in the cave. Uh, one goblin does call bullshit because Gandalf smote a few of them while getting away. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and then they do recognize Orchrist, who the goblins call Biter. I am still not sure how the goblins know this sword, which is like a thousand years old, if it was made in Gondolin. Well, goblins are orcs, and right, right. orcs are derived from elves so well that's it like are they the same orcs like did they run away from... i guess we can't really get back into this the can drowning, we? that's it that's our thing like is it an innate <laughs> goblin orc thing well or... i was gonna say maybe they're immortal the way elves are right so right which even if they don't necessarily are... remember do you think maybe they have like orc history books that's it I, with, I don't know. or like and... history 
cave paintings of the evil And how detailed are they that they recognize the sword instantly? Well, I will say the swords glow. Well, fair. So they would know that it's made by ancient elves at the very least. Mm -hmm. But they know it so specifically. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to say that at the very least, the great goblin is probably a super old dude. And maybe he's like one goblin who escaped and has started this goblin colony and told them horror stories, you know, like bedtime. Because I assume, you know, when you're raising your baby orcs, you don't tell them bedtime stories with about marshmallows and candy. You tell them stories about murder and death. So German bedtime stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a little on the nose, but sure. Um, Shots fired. <laughs> I'm not wrong. And so everybody's no, everybody's just heard about the crazy evilness of these swords, and somehow they know what they look like. Anyway. That's my theory. Carry on. Cool. They're very old swords. <laughs> um, well, Gandalf shows up when it's super convenient, because he's good at that. He turns out the lights, makes the fire explode, and uh, kills the great goblin with one hell of a sword strike. Ancient? Doesn't matter. Gandalf's a, a Maya. Yeah. Yeah. I do like how um, I just came up with this theory about this ancient orc, and then Gandalf was like, whatever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so everyone runs for a while, and a rotating cast of dwarves carry Bilbo. Uh, Dory and Bomber are mentioned by name, but I like picturing them passing him around as they run. Um, the goblins do catch up, because, you know, it's their home, they know the way. But Thorin and Gandalf whip out Orchrist, a.k.a. the Goblin Cleaver, a.k.a. Biter, and Glamdring, a.k.a. the Faux Hammer, a.k.a. Beater. And uh, they kill a ton of goblins and scare the rest off because they really, really, really hate these swords. I really like the return (laughs) of um, Tolkien's naming problem um, with swords this time, though. Mm -hmm. Like, one chapter, and we're going to give these swords three different names. Oh, yeah. I like it. Um, anyway, the goblins are surprisingly smart, and they send out runners to sneak up on our crew in the dark, and they surprise the group, and Bilbo falls off of Dory's shoulders, hits his head on a rock, and blacks out. Dun-dun-dun. Poor baby. Whatever will happen to him now? I just don't know. I don't know. It's not like the book is called The Hobbit or anything. Nope. Never heard of it. It's not like we're about to have the most famous exchange between two characters, possibly in literature ever. What? In the next chapter. No. Oh, sorry, you were being sarcastic. You sounded genuinely surprised there. For being <laughs> a very a sarcastic actress. person myself, I'm also very gullible. <laughs> um, discussion-y bits? I have a lot of favorite lines from this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I didn't realize until I went through what I noted down while reading, and it was, like, all from this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I loved the line, um, which is talking about how the goblins are, are in their own tunnels and leaving stuff. And the goblins knew their way, as well as you do, to the nearest post office. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> which I get that you probably go a lot more to the post office in a pre-email age than you do now. Well, that's true. I don't. No, my way to the nearest office. post office. I mean, that was it's just so domestic. <laughs> that was also like a pre-common long-distance calling and that sort of thing, right? So there was a lot more reasons to go to the post office. A lot. There's just a lot 
uh, in the narration style of The Hobbit where they break the fourth wall and like talk about modern conveniences that you don't imagine existing in Middle Earth. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. this idea that the post office was such a big thing mm-hmm. that even reading this to children, they'd be like, oh, of course, I could go to the post office with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, well, since we're talking about modern inserts, I'm going to jump to the other one that was mm-hmm. uh, describing the goblins making of things um, and how they were they're described as being like just as good as the dwarves if not worried about aesthetics and what they make um and it said it is not unlikely that they invented some of the machines that have since troubled the world especially the ingenious devices for killing large numbers of people at once for wheels and engines and explosions always delighted them i do like that tolkien has put in a bit of politics here (laughs) yeah um but yeah, I mean, again, thinking between the world wars and we've talked about him reading this to his kids, like having to explain this because, right, World War One was the first time we really had the mass killing machines mm-hmm. as we now know them. And like, it's kind of horrifying to have to explain to your kids like, yeah, there are these things that kill people by the millions. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't even gotten to the nuclear bombs yet, but. Um, you know, it's, it's nice in a way to be able to just explain them away from goblins. Yeah, not have, not blame humanity for the, yeah, for them. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never really noticed that line before. Heck, as kids, it was probably nice to explain it that way to himself. Yeah, for real. Sorry, we just got real serious. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I guess we can do a, a transition, Harry, um. I also noticed both last chapter and this one had lines about Bilbo wishing for his hobbit hole with the specific quote, not for the last time. Um, And I know we had that like maybe last one or the one before that, whatever. Um, I guess probably last one. Uh, But now I want to see like, does every chapter have a Bilbo wishing for, for his hobbit hole? But it wasn't the last time. I hope when it is the last time, that's pointed out. It, yeah, so that's we're gonna have to track that now. I also like to think that after he was done writing it, Tolkien went back through the book and <laughs> made mention mm-hmm. of all the "not for the last time" bits. Yep, and he didn't even have Control F. <laughs> <laughs> God, um, I can't imagine. Yeah, uh, but I guess my last note was the last chapter in this one, um, three and four, really felt like. A story that was read aloud uh they had some of that oral nature to them um which yeah and as emmy mentioned the the breaking of the fourth wall mm-hmm. a good a good um, amount of that yeah it it feels like the you know old norse tales and i'd say reading tolkien's uh translation of legend of sigurd and gudrun feels like something that would be re- read aloud and the line that caught me here was uh, about the goblins. The yells and yammering, croaking, gibbering, and jabbering, howls, growls, and curses, shrieking and scraking that followed were beyond description. <laughs> like, those are meant to be said. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. There was also one, it w- I think it was just after that, when he's like, you know, if you were killing a bunch of cats, it wouldn't sound any different, or it would sound less than this. 
I forget what the yeah. actual line was, but it was like, geez. God. So, <laughs> dear God, do we do that often? And you, yeah. And your page numbers are completely different than mine. I know. I'm, I'm pulling it up. I think it's... Unlike one of the books that we do, we should try to match up editions, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's literally the next line is several hundred wild cats and wolves being roasted slowly alive together would not have compared to it. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> like, what an image. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned most of my favorite lines, uh, but I did also just like Grumpy Gandalf. He, he was just generally like, meh, about this whole chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they found, which, I mean, riding through the weather, probably, and climbing a mountain, I, that would make me grumpy. Very. I did also like how they weren't allowed to have a fire in the cave, but... 15 people smoking a pipe or smoking pipes would probably make a lot of smoke, but that was fine. But less light. I guess. I I would generally say, though, that especially in the mountains, smoke would travel farther than light. Mm -hmm. It's true. My favorite Gandalf bit was when he saves everyone and he counts everyone like, okay, we're all here. Cool. Uh, And he goes, well, well, it might be worse. And then again, it might be a good deal better. And just lists off all of the things that are wrong. (laughs) Like, ultimate Gandalf sarcasm. Yep. <laughs> lost our ponies. We've lost our food. I guess we're all alive, but... And hordes of angry goblins right behind. Yeah, so we might not be alive for long. Uh, peak grumpy Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Emmy, did you have any fave bits on this one? Not in this one, no. I mean, the post office caught my eye mm-hmm. when I was reading, for sure. But mostly when I was reading, I realized exactly how short this section of the book is compared to the sheer length of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, they run through those caves forever. Forever. Mm. <laughs> Just geez. Yeah. Literally four chapters. Five chapters, I guess, technically. But come on. Yeah. Um, I had a suggestion for our next episode that perhaps... Denied. no i don't know (laughs) why am i in this mood (laughs) (laughs) that we all bring a riddle to ask each other oh yes this is so great because i was thinking of the fact that this was our next chapter Mm -hmm. when um our last D &D session was a one shot Mm -hmm. um was an escape dungeon it was an escape dungeon it was so good and it included riddles and i was like yes (laughs) tolkien prepared me for this i realized that i was the one who suggested it but i'm gonna be the one who embarrasses themselves the most because i am shit at riddles caitlin i'm so bad don't even worry okay good i'm stoked yeah we can suck together okay high five rachel will wipe the floor with us I love riddles. It, it actually kind of <laughs> sucks that we all play D&D because that's a good riddle source, but it's high chance that we've all come across the same riddles. <laughs> it really is. I think that's it, pretty much, yeah. unless so we had well, anything else to say. Are we going to just do the one chapter? Well, I was thinking that because if... No. Wait. Let's do two. Let's do Riddles in the Dark and... um. Out of the frying frying pan. pan. Because then after that, we can do the second movie. I think that makes sense. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think next week is going to be a long episode then, but as we've had a couple short ones, that's fine. 
It's not yeah. going to hurt anybody. Yeah. And we'll see. I think we'll be mostly focused on riddles and then like, oh yeah, this stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a book we were supposed to read, wasn't there? I'm going to bring the last riddle that I hit my players with, which they did not solve. Mm. So we shall see. I'm excited. Um, and if any listeners want to send us some riddles to to try try to stump us next week, please feel free to tweet them at us at to read Tolkien. We promise no googling answers because that would just be unsportsmanlike, and we are not unsportsmanlike. I'll try not to even like look at them and study ahead of time. Oh God! Yeah, I will. If anybody does send us riddles, I will be in charge be of them great. because Rachel is evil and cleverer than me. <laughs> I like thinking obtusely. I like not thinking at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, excellent. You can tweet at us at Tolkien or email us uh, wanttoreadtolkien at gmail dot com. And if you ever wanted to leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. You can. I think those are the only two places you can leave us reviews. I am unsure. Tweet mean things at us. Tweet nice things at us. Tweet fan art of Tuna on Tuna at us. I mean, please just tweet nice things at us. I don't like mean things. But anyways. I'd rather not, but they could. I guess. Please don't tweet mean things at us. We'll cry. <laughs> I'm mean riddles? Soul. Mean riddles will oh. make us not cry. Yeah, yeah, mean riddles are fine, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, actually, do you guys mind if I plug another podcast that I'm on? No. How dare you? Okay, great. Um, I also I realize we brought up Dungeons and Dragons a lot this episode, but an episode of a pod of a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that I am on just released this past week. Uh it's called Zero D twenty and it's all about uh, gaming being open to everyone, um, and not just, you know, being gatekept by evil nerd boys. So if you wanted to check it out, we do a sort of story, not restart, but like, it's the beginning of an arc, so you don't have to check out all the past episodes, just this first one with me, and then I will be on the next, presumably, forever episodes. And it's called Zero D20. Did I, did I say? Zero D20. Very cool. Yeah. It's a, Yay, Caitlin. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we sometimes forget about the mic and just are playing D&D, and that can lead to really poor audio, but it's fine. Um, and I think that's everything. So I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. And I've been Emmy. And we will see you next week for Riddles in the Dark, which is your homework, and the one after that, Out of the Frying Pan, Into the Fire. Into the Fire. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Doom. <laughs> How long were you holding on to that? A whopping two seconds. We could go to Duolingo, but then the owl will stalk you for the rest of your days. How about in Klingon? I, no. Duolingo the, has Klingon now. They do. But you know what they don't have? Sindar. It's fine. <laughs> Not that <laughs> I've checked or anything. Not that I've checked. Yes, I have. It's fine. They gotta get on it. Yeah. Klingon. Well, it's all community farmed, so other people have to get on it, really. I'm, I'm...
honestly surprised nobody has. That's it. I like someone's. I think be some of the fad has died down. Like no. the these I, people are crazy. I, I but I think like the pop culture aspect of it is like there aren't people out there seeking it out, learning it. The overlap with Duolingo would be very small. That that's true. I I would agree that the the fad has died down. But I do think like the super intense Tolkien scholars are still, you know. Yeah, but we've talked about the intense Tolkien fandom and how it attempts to gatekeep the rest of the world. Putting that's and on Duolingo is not really cohesive with that. Yeah, that's true. I feel like you need to pass this know. into the episode somewhere because we just had like an actually good conversation. <laughs> just like take it on at the end. Yeah. God damn it. And I would be like, where the fuck did Duolingo come in? <laughs> anyway. We'll see if we can work it in with the moon ruins. Anyway, how do we want to break this chapter up? Chapters. This life. All of it. 